Hi, I'm Troy. And I'm Allie, and today we will be talking to you about Alzheimer's and discussing if you should have kids due to your family's history with Alzheimer's. As you probably know, Alzheimer's symptoms include a gradual loss of memory, judgment, and the loss of everyday functions. Symptoms can also include agitation and not taking part in activities the patient enjoys. Memory loss is one of the most common signs of Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's has three stages. In early stages, symptoms can include difficulty with everyday tasks, difficulty learning new things, slower reaction time, and increased irritability, anxiety, or depression. In middle and severe stages, symptoms can include significant personality changes, resistance to physical care, physical decline, which includes not being able to walk or talk, and withdrawal. Alzheimer's has no cure, but you can manage its symptoms. If you develop Alzheimer's, there are treatment options. These options include drug therapy and non-drug therapy. Drugs that are approved for treatment of cognitive symptoms of Alzheimer's are cholinesterase inhibitors and Nemenda, or Memantine. A cognitive symptom is a decline in knowledge and understanding abilities. Cholinesterase inhibitors are meant to prevent the breakdown of acetylcholine in the brain. Acetylcholine is the chemical that creates nerve cell communication in the areas of memory, learning, and other thought processes. Nemenda works by stabilizing glutamate levels in the brain. Glutamate is an amino acid that can kill brain cells if too much is present. People are more at risk for Alzheimer's after they reach the age of 35. The elderly are more likely to get Alzheimer's than the middle-aged. In America, about 2.4 to 4.5 million people are affected by Alzheimer's in some way. Now that we have reviewed symptoms and treatment for Alzheimer's, let's move on to how the DNA works and how Alzheimer's affects DNA. Now that you have an understanding of how Alzheimer's affects someone, we will be talking about DNA, chromosomes, and genes. In this section, we will discuss what DNA, chromosomes, and genes are and how they are different. We will also touch on what chromosomes and genes are affected in someone with Alzheimer's. According to softschools.com, chromosomes are thread-like structures made of proteins and DNA that are used to store DNA. DNA is wrapped tightly around a protein so it will fit in the cell's nucleus. DNA, or deoxyribonucleic acid, is the substance that carries genetic information in the cells. Finally, genes are what you pass down to your children that determine their traits and characteristics. Genes, chromosomes, and DNA are different, although it may not seem that way. The differences are simple. Chromosomes are used for storing DNA, genes are for passing down traits, and DNA is the instruction manual to it all. You can imagine that genes, chromosomes, and DNA all rely on each other to function properly in order to run your body, but sometimes this may not happen. You will learn more about what happens when they do not function correctly in the next section. The gene affected by Alzheimer's in your family is PSEN2, which is located on chromosome 1. You will learn more about this later in the session. Now Troy will explain what causes the DNA, chromosomes, and genes to function incorrectly.
are two types of mutations, chromosomal and gene mutation. Alzheimer's is a gene mutation. A gene mutation is exactly as it sounds, a mutation that only affects the gene. According to the effects of mutations, there are three types of effects a mutation can have. No change, small change, or large change in the phenotype. An Alzheimer's mutation results in a large change, which can cause death. The mutation occurring in Alzheimer's is a substitution, which changes out an amino acid from the codon. According to Jorgensen P, substitution of methionine-146 of the gene product for either valine or leucine co-segregates with Alzheimer's disease with the age of onset in the late 50s or early 60s. This can affect cell production by increasing the generation of plaque in the brain, making the Alzheimer's worse. Now, Ali will explain to you the importance of genes and the proteins they code for. According to Genetics Home Reference, genes are vital to sustain our bodies. Genes are responsible for creating the proteins that tell our cells how to function correctly. Proteins do most of the work in our cells and are responsible for maintaining the structure, function, and regulation of our bodies. Mutations, like the ones in your family, affect cell function because they change the protein that the cell relies on, causing it to function incorrectly. Now Troy will explain how Alzheimer's is passed down through a process called meiosis. Meiosis is the creation of sex cells. Sex cells, also called gametes, are haploid cells, so offspring may only inherit some of your chromosomes, not all of them. This is how genes and other things are passed from parent to offspring. During meiosis, your chromosomes cross over and exchange parts of themselves. So, even if one of your chromosomes isn't affected, it could be later in the process of meiosis. Now, Ali will explain Mendel's laws. Now we will discuss Mendel's laws of inheritance to help you better understand how traits are passed down. Mendel's laws, however, only follow simple inheritance patterns. Simple inheritance is when traits are inherited by a single gene. First, we will discuss the principle of dominance. According to the article Mendel's Principles of Inheritance, the principle states that some alleles are dominant and some are recessive. The dominant trait is shown over the recessive trait. An example of this is when Mendel bred a homozygous dominant or, pl- or two dominant genes, pea plant, with a pea plant that had homozygous recessive or two recessive genes, and the 100% of their offspring showed the dominant trait, proving that the dominant trait is shown over the recessive trait. Next, we will discuss the principle of segregation. This states that inherited alleles that determine traits are separated into reproductive cells during meiosis and randomly reunited during fertilization. An example of this is that one parent can give a dominant gene and the other parent can give a recessive gene, even if both parents are heterozygous 
or carry one dominant and one recessive gene. It is random. The final principle we will be discussing is the principle of independent assortment. This principle states that genes located on different chromosomes are inherited independently. An example of this is the fact that you cannot get two dominant genes from two recessive genes. Now Troy will discuss your chance of passing down Alzheimer's to your children. According to BBC, when an egg and sperm cell come together, the now-fertilized egg contains 23 pairs of chromosomes. Sex chromosomes are responsible for certain genetic traits. This means if only one person has the affecting gene, there is only a 50-50 chance of the offspring inheriting that gene. Although, in addition to mutation, there is not a set chance that the child could get it at all. Now, to Allie with the patterns Alzheimer's follows when inherited. According to the National Institute on Aging, Alzheimer's follows an autosomal dominant pattern, which means the mutated gene is dominant and located on a non-sex chromosome. If a biological parent has Alzheimer's, like you, then their child has a 50-50 chance of inheriting Alzheimer's. If your child inherits Alzheimer's, there's a strong probability that they will get Alzheimer's, but there's no way to know if they will get it for sure. There is a possibility they will not get Alzheimer's, even with the infected gene. The inheritance pattern is different from other diseases. For example, Goucher disease is autosomal recessive, meaning there needs to be two affected genes for it to be inherited. But if their child inherits two affected genes, they will have the disease. Now, Troy will explain your pedigree in Punnett Square. Pedigree and Punnett squares are easy ways to see how a gene can be passed down. The pedigree chart we sent you in the mail is showing the Alzheimer's gene throughout your generations. As you can see, the shaded people are the people affected with Alzheimer's, and the Alzheimer's gene has affected almost everyone in the male side of the family but one person. The pedigree is just to show how the gene is passed on from your parents to you. The Punnett square we sent you in the mail is showing the chance of your child getting the Alzheimer's gene from you too. It doesn't show any evidence from past generations. The big H represents dominant traits and the little h represents recessive traits. The Alzheimer's gene is a dominant trait. And as Ali said before, the dominant trait overpowers the recessive ones. For example, this family's offspring has a 100% chance of getting the gene because it is all the dominant trait. With yours, though, it is only 50% because there is two heterozygous dominant genes and uh, two homozygous recessive genes. Now, Ali will explain the risk factors.
Alzheimer's is a risk factor, which means even if the gene is inherited, there's a possibility the carrier or the person with the gene won't get the disease. If the carrier of the gene does develop Alzheimer's, they can still enjoy life. Life with Alzheimer's may not be normal, but a patient can still be happy. According to Very Well Health, a person with Alzheimer's can live four to 10 years after diagnosis. Sadly, if someone doesn't die from complications like the flu or pneumonia, they will die eventually. For someone with Alzheimer's to live their best, li best life, there are a few things that can help. Exercise, visits from family, music, and interaction with children can improve the quality of life of someone with Alzheimer's. Troy will now tell you our final decision on if you should have children or not. Due to the fact that Alzheimer's in your family occurs later on and that there is only a 50% chance of your child getting Alzheimer's, we don't think it is too big of a deal. On another note, since the prognosis of an Alzheimer's patient can be a good, happy life, we think it would be okay for you to have kids.